My guest today is an internal medicine doctor who works in conventional medicine in a hospital and has an online health and wellness business. Please welcome Dr. Richard Harris. Richard, how's it going? Good. How are you doing? Hey, doing all right. All right. Well, let's jump right into it. Yes, sir. What do you do? Yeah, <laughs> man, that's a that's a loaded question because I'm all <laughs> over the place in in what I do as far as my scope of businesses. But my primary thing is I'm an internal medicine doctor and physician in Houston, Texas. I still straddle both lines. So I work in conventional medicine in the hospital. I was an outpatient physician as well, you know, as a primary care physician. And then I have an online health and wellness business that's more focused on preventative care, lifestyle medicine, and getting to the root cause of chronic disease. Wow. Okay. Now, let's talk about the online wellness, uh, mm-hmm. uh, health and wellness part of that. Now, mm-hmm. how, what exactly can you can you kind of expand on that? And, and what are some of the things that you do and some of the people that uh, you see? Sure. Yeah. So I do what we call functional medicine. And so functional medicine is not just prescribing pills or uh, expensive treatment. It's it's getting to the root cause of what brought you in. And so we spend a lot more time with people asking questions like, what are you eating? How's your stress levels? What are you doing to moderate your stress levels? What's going on in your environment? Are you exposed to a lot of toxins? Uh, what do you do for work? Is there work hazards or exposures that we need to take care of? So we really try not to just treat symptoms, but to get to the root cause of illness. And I pair that with what we call lifestyle medicine. Lifestyle medicine is all of the things that we do in a daily basis that either add to or subtract from our health. And a lot of our health issues nowadays are caused by things that we do in our everyday life and our everyday behaviors. So that's what we do in lifestyle medicine is making sure that we're adding to our health and not subtracting. And we pair that with some really cool diagnostic testing that can be done all online. I can ship kits to people from all over the country, get results, and then make a holistic plan to, to treat that. And these can tell me everything about how your gut's working, how your hormones are working, mm. how your biochemical processes are working. Are you eliminating? Are you detoxifying? I mean, there's a whole wealth of information that we can get that's outside of what the conventional medicine doc will do. Great. So I guess in this time frame right now with everything that's going on, it's extremely important Mm -hmm. having to do a lot of this virtually and and online. Now, when did you start doing this? Because telemedicine and and a lot of what you're saying, isn't something that's been around for a while, for, for mm-hmm. too long. I- right. Telemedicine is, is the new kid on the block and it's growing mm-hmm. exponentially. And that's to give people better access to, to quality care. So I started doing things primarily virtual about nine months ago. I was okay. kind of, I was dabbling into it, you know, helping people out. I had my own clinic open for a while and it just hit me one day that, I could do everything I'm doing now online and then cut my expenses and lower my prices for people. Right. So it was all win-win there. 
And I felt like it was better for me because I have other businesses. I have other areas that I'm interested in and it allows me to be more flexible mm-hmm. with my schedule, with my clients. Uh, it's just a better overall route for me and what my goals are. Okay. Now, doing everything online or doing most of this online, I see the benefits of it. Now, what about, uh, are there certain certain things that are a little bit more difficult or more of a challenge to do online? Yeah. So it's a little different for most people because you don't have that face-to-face interaction, mm-hmm. you know, the, the in-person interaction. You know, you're still face-to-face, but it's virtual. And for right. some people, they're completely okay with that. Yeah. You know, for people my age, I'm in my 30s and younger, we're so used to talking to people virtually that it doesn't right. really make a difference. But for some people who are a little bit older, they miss that face to face contact. And I tell people with my business, I am not meant to replace your primary care physician. That's not <laughs> what I'm trying okay. to do. I'm trying to augment what your primary care physician does, because there are some things where you need to lay hands on somebody to tell what exactly is going on to diagnose certain things. There are some things that you don't. And for all the things that I'm trying to do, I don't have to be physically in front of somebody, but I still recommend that people go see their primary care physician once a year for that annual checkup. Or if there's any acute emergencies that come up, absolutely go. Go conventional medicine here in the U.S. is great for acute care and emergencies. But we're not so good for chronic care and maintenance and behavioral change. And that is what I do in my practice is working on those things with people because I have time. I'm not seeing 25 people a day. Right. I see three, maybe four, and then that's it. Right. So I can spend an hour with somebody going over things, going over logs, tweaking the plan. Right. Drilling down, say, well, why isn't this working? OK, well, what can we do to fix this? I'm really working hand in hand with people instead of just throwing information at them. And say, and then, you know, a month later, they come back and say, well, why didn't you do that? This is all your fault. No, right, this, right. it doesn't work that way. You have to help people through the behavioral change. OK. And so with with all that being said, I'm guessing are most of your clients younger, 30 and younger? The, the primary demographics for me is between age 30 and about 60. And okay. the reason for that is, you know, a lot of what I do is online. So you have to be comfortable doing right. things completely virtually. And then the second part is that age group is more open to, to new ideas. Because once yeah. you're past 60, most people are just set in their ways. Right. That's true. That's just that's just how it is. You know, you've been doing something for so long. It's just ingrained. And then at that age, if you it's harder to reverse some of these chronic conditions because they've been present for so long. Now, we can improve them. We can make them better. But my goal and what I'm really focused on is prevention and catching these things, catching these red flags before they turn into serious issues. And then if we do have issues that it's early enough in the process that we can negate those and get back to what we call in medicine homeostasis, which is balance. Okay. And are you seeing the whole spectrum? You're seeing things from stress-related issues to flu versus autoimmune diseases and things of that nature? Yes, absolutely. So uh, stress is a big thing. I'm glad you, you brought that up. There are so many people that I talk to 
who just flat out refuse to believe their health conditions are made worse or caused by stress. Mm -hmm. And I've spent three podcast episodes now talking about stress because that's so important for people to realize that just like things happen biochemically when we raise our arm, right? There's a whole process that has to happen to raise your arm. You know, your brain signals and then there's messengers and the the muscles contract. And so this that's a very intense chemical process that we do easily. The same thing happens when we have mental or physiological stress. There are messenger signals that that occur in the body that go to the cells and things change. And that can lead to disease or worsen disease. So stress is not this benign thing that people just are like, oh, I'm just stressed out and it has no effect on my health. It has a big effect on their health. And then autoimmune disease, like you mentioned, I do see a lot of people with autoimmune disease who want a better way, who don't want to just take more and more and more medications. And I'll give you a story. I had someone come to me uh, and they had Crohn's disease and they went to a Mm -hmm. GI doctor and this person was young, you know, in their 20s. And the GI doctor, she asked the GI doctor, hey, um, what should I be eating? And the doctor told her, just eat whatever. Right. This is a stomach specialist who said, just eat whatever for someone who has an autoimmune disease. And and she was savvy enough to say, no, that's that's not the way I want to go with this. And so we you know, a lot of us in the functional medicine space have certain autoimmune protocols and things we we look out for and things we coach people to, to look out for that can worsen the autoimmune disease and things that can make it better. Well, that's great. And that's the problem with some of these doctors that you mentioned earlier, seeing 25 people a day, quadruple booking people. So you're going to see stuff like that. And then uh, on top of that, it's good to have another way, non-conventional means, especially for people with autoimmune diseases, because some of these medicines out there are great, but they're also horrible. I mean, they, mm-hmm. they're they good at, at attacking the disease, but they're also attacking your body as well mm-hmm. in different ways. So uh, good to hear that you're doing mm-hmm. that. So- Let's talk about a typical day of yours. Mm-hmm. What does that yeah. look like? So I, I'm usually an early morning riser. So I usually mm-hmm. wake up around 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning, say my prayers, meditate, and then hit the gym. I like to get that done first thing in the morning, fasted. Nice. I cannot work out with food in my stomach. I get horrible workouts. So, oh, really? Okay. <laughs> yes, horrible Cardio? workouts. Cardio? Or uh, uh, cardio also? or weights, both. I wow. have to do okay. both fasted. So okay. uh, I do that and then I get home, take my protein shake because I work out fasted. So I take a protein shake afterwards and then I start my day. I'll either be looking at results, uh, looking at what I have on my schedule for my clients. If I have other meetings from other businesses, preparing for that. And then usually around three or four in the afternoon, I wind down and do some reading. That's either listen to Audible or uh, read clinical studies. And then during the nighttime is when I prepare my social media content. So whether that's my podcast or I do a lot of five minute hot takes. Uh, I have a wellness journey Monday where I talk about my wellness story on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I do research articles and then on Saturdays I highlight uh, a supplement. So these are just little five minute hot takes to give people some more information uh, about some of these holistic things, supplements, behaviors, research, etc. And every Wednesday, I re- release a podcast episode. 
All right. So so one thing, it seems like you're doing a lot of reading to keep to keep abreast of what's going on in the industry. Now, what about technology also? I guess being in your in your role and what you do, you kind of have to be up on what's the newest and the latest things going uh, out there. Is that is that correct? Yes, that's true. So I'll, I'll stay abreast of new diagnostic techniques, uh, new tools that people are using. I, when I did have a practice open, I had a really cool tool called cellular exercise. It mm-hmm. uses electromagnetic uh, frequency to help heal the body. It's a really cool device. We've seen really great results with it. Now I have it located in the spa, but I'm always keeping my, my mind open to some of these new technologies as far as what they can do to help heal the body. Infrared saunas is another one. Amazing healing techniques there. Uh, oxygen, you know, the hyperbaric chambers are, are making a comeback for, for healing yeah. or even oxygen bar. I mean, so there's a lot of different things out there that have good research behind them. And there's, of course, there's a lot of garbage, too. So you, yeah, you, have, to right. be, you have to be careful on, on what you choose. But the cellular exercise, the infrared saunas, the hyperbaric oxygen, these are some things that are out there that are great augments to a healthy lifestyle. Now, there's no one tool that's going to fix everything. Right. Because the body is such a complex process that one input is not going to fix all the outputs. So usually, especially in the functional medicine sphere, we typically attack things from multiple different angles, multiple different inputs to get the goal that we want. And how you alluded to earlier, medicines are smart bombs. They target one specific thing and one specific pathway, but that's not how your body works. Your body has redundant pathways and builds in contingency plans. So when you smart bomb one pathway, It can cause the body to pull things from other pathways or disrupt other pathways. There's no such thing as a side effect. It's just that that medication interacted poorly with your genetics or your environment Mm. or your situation. Right. And so that's why we use a lot of these herbals and, and other remedies that work on multiple pathways because that keeps the body again in balance. I talked about that earlier, that homeostasis, that balance is very important. Okay. Now, let's say the infrared saunas that you mentioned or or the cellular uh, exercises. Do you remember how you found out about them? You mentioned the uh, podcast and reading, but just curious on those two. How did you find out about those? So the cellular exercise, I found out from a friend of mine who mm-hmm. uh, is like me. He has, he actually has a physical location, but he's he's a little bit bleeding edge. Like he's the guy <laughs> who tries everything the moment it comes out. I'm not okay. bleeding edge. I'm an innovator. <laughs> I'll wait till the bleeding edge people do it. And then if they're okay, I'll jump in after that, after I've done some research. So that's right. how I heard about that. A lot of these things you'll hear about from friends. You'll hear about in, in uh, clinical journals. You'll hear about from okay. research-focused sources. And then for me, I'm very collaborative. So through LinkedIn, I've been able to talk to people all over the country about what they're doing and how they're helping people. And so you'll pick up new ideas or new techniques or, and stuff from things like that. And then before, I would also go to conferences or listen to webinars or if I thought something was interesting. All right. Now, in addition to your, your medical experience, you talked about having to uh, brush up on what's out there in, in, as far as technology-wise. Also, based on the uh, the patients you talk to and everyone you talk to you just communication skills seems like very important what mm-hmm. 
What type of skills and characteristics would you say are most important to be successful in your field? Communication. Absolutely. Right. I, I always tell people it doesn't matter what you know if you can't convey that to the person right in front of you. Mm-hmm. Right. So you have to be able to get that knowledge. And a lot of us physicians, we do have a lot of knowledge, but it's very scientific. And a lot of people aren't able to take that really scientific knowledge, distill it down and give someone what they need to know. And that's what I do in my practice. Of course, I educate people on the science, but I do it in a way that people can understand. I use a lot of analogies because that helps link what the science says to an actual practical thing. Right. And that's one of the reasons I actually started the podcast was so people could get a deeper understanding of some of this science and the reason why, but in a way that everyone can understand and start applying these things into their daily life. Okay. Now, do you talk about the, the steps you took to get to where you, uh, where you are now? Yes, I've, it's been a long journey. I can say that for sure. You know, going to pharmacy school, medical school, and then going to get the MBA. But I'm a I'm a lifelong learner. You know, mm-hmm. um, like we talked about earlier, reading. I'm always reading. I read probably five or six clinical trials a week. Most of mm-hmm. my colleagues haven't read a single clinical trial since medical school. <laughs> All right. So I'm I'm always learning. I'm always trying to innovate and I'm I'm not afraid to say when I was wrong or, you know, we got something wrong in the data initially or we approached something wrong because that's, right. you know, we're human. We're we're not always going to get everything correct. You know, look at COVID, right? Initially, how we were treating people wasn't the right way to treat people. And partially why you've seen a decrease in the mortality rate is we've gotten better at treating it, at identifying who is going to have serious complications and being proactive. So, again, in that acute situation for acute stuff, our system is great. It's the chronic stuff that's a little bit different, and that requires a different mindset, a different way of teaching, a different way of interacting with people that you don't really learn in medical school. And so I've had to grow on my own as a person and as a healer, and that really requires a lot of time and input and making sure that you're being the best possible version of yourself you can be in order to help someone else be the best possible version of themselves they could be. That's great. Well, it seems like you, you put everything all together, everything that you learned from pharmacy school, uh, medical school, the business acumen that you have, an entrepreneurial spirit that you have, everything you learned from uh, business school, and you've put it together in a good mix. So that's great. Can you talk about what you love about what you do? Mm. The The best feeling is when you get someone who's thanks you for saving their life. Like that is an unbelievable feeling. I, I have people who will contact me, you know, years later, just to still say thank you for the path That's that great. they're, that you, that they've been on and how that it's impacted themselves, how it's impacted their family, how it's impacted their work. You know, these, the, to me, health is more than just, how am I feeling? My disease states. No, it's all. It's everything. It's it's your mindset. It's your growth potential. It's your personal development. It's your spirituality. All of this encompasses health. And so that's what I focus on with with everyone, making sure that we hit all of these aspects of health. And so the, when they're done working with me, 
I'm hoping that they're healthier, but I'm also hoping that they've grown as a person, that they've challenged themselves, that they've challenged others around them to be better versions of themselves. Got it. Now, what about on the flip side, though? I'm guessing there's a lot of challenges out there, especially in these times. But in general, what, what challenges are out there? What things like keep you up at night mm-hmm. and what you do? The hardest thing, and I just recorded on this yesterday, actually, um, is that there's a distinct lack of value in the U.S. in health. People just don't value being healthy until yeah. something bad happens to them. And right. then they then they think, what could I have done to prevent this? Well, the smoldering red flags were there the entire time. And because the body can compensate very well, you can feel fine until you have a catastrophic event. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing more and more of that lately. And so what keeps me up at night is is literally walking in the hospital and seeing 30-year-olds have heart attacks, 30-year-olds on dialysis, 30-year-olds with limb amputations, 30-year-olds with massive strokes that they're never going to be the same again. Um, That just – it really breaks my heart. It it makes me so sad because I know that these conditions could be prevented. Most of these conditions, most of these people should not have this happen in their 30s. So that really tears on me. It really weighs on me. And you know that's why I, I try so hard to help with all aspects of health, because you never know what some one person is going to latch onto, what's going to be their catalyst. Yeah. And so if I can find that in any way, shape or form, I can find that and, and, and grow that little seed. That's what I'm trying to do. Wow. So now with that, and I know everyone's different, but. Are there general things that you could tell people, like, you know, for example, maybe just drinking more water or exercising or having a stress reliever that you do mm-hmm. or, or anything? What are what are some general things that you can tell people without even seeing them or talking to them? Yep. So that's that's what the essence of lifestyle medicine is right there. Right. Mm-hmm. These general things that we should all do to help maintain our health and wellness. And that's why I have several online courses that go over these things with people so that mm-hmm. they have all this basic information because lifestyle medicine is the basics. This is the things right. that we all should be doing for just general health maintenance. But it's also can be reactive. If you develop a chronic disease, the lifestyle medicine, again, is that basics for treatment. So in general, it's the things that we all know. But it's so bad. The CDC estimates that only 6% of people do four behaviors that are considered healthy. That's exercise, eat right, uh, not drink or smoke in excess, and get adequate sleep. Mm. Those are four simple, easy behaviors that only 6% of Americans get. Wow. Wow. That's mind-blowing, right? That's absolutely mind-blowing. And so, you know, if we just focus on those four things right there, mm. prioritize your sleep, mm-hmm. have a sleep routine. You know, we have routines when we wake up in the morning, but we don't have routines before we go to bed. Wind yourself down. You know, mm. Make sure that you're eating whole foods. It doesn't really matter for most people what nutrition plan, vegan, keto, paleo, pescatarian, whatever. Just make sure you're, what you're eating is the food that God placed on this earth. Yeah. All right. So I tell people if it didn't exist 100 years ago, don't eat it. 
That's the simplest way. If your grandma, if it wasn't available for your grandma to eat, don't eat it. Right. All right. And then if you, uh, the other behavior, exercise, people tend to think that they have to exercise for like two hours a day to get results, which is not the case. If Even if you can only do one minute of exercise, one minute of exercise a day is better than no minutes of exercise. Mm. Two minutes is better than one minute. Three minutes mm. is better than two minutes. And there's actually evidence that shows like a seven minute uh, hit, you know, high intensity interval type training exercise that you do three times a day can have significant results for your health. All right. So nice. 21 minutes a day, you can have dramatic impact on your health. Everyone has 20 minutes that they could spend on right. themselves. Right. You know, we all have that. You know, when people say I don't have enough time, what they're really saying is I don't have my priorities in the right place. Yeah, 100 yeah, percent. I agree with that. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what about walking? Yep. Absolutely. Walking. walking. Yeah. So yeah. walking, if you walk 30 minutes a day, you can cut your risk of diabetes by 50 percent. Nice. That's a massive reduction. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is get outside and walk. You know, what I tell people is aim for 8,000 steps. There's really good literature that shows that 8,000 steps, you can decrease your uh, cardiovascular risk by about 50 percent. Mm. All right. Man, this is a uh, this is good. Now, can you talk about your most memorable moment that you've had or most memorable moments that you've had? It was probably in residency where I had someone who overdosed intentionally mm-hmm. and they were young. And I remember it was nighttime, so I had more time. And I spent like two hours with this person just talking about life right, and trying to coach him up and build him up and, and help them to succeed. And this person found me a couple years ago, reached out to me and um, said that they were now going to law school, that oh, they wow. wanted to, to fight for social justice, you know, and that that's incredible. This was a, a life that yeah. we could have lost, who now yeah. is going out there fighting for the little guy, fighting for all of us to have equality and and the promise of the american dream that's incredible yeah man that's a good story this is this is great hearing hearing your story hearing all these you know this non-conventional ways or care is something i have don't know much about so i think this is great for me to hear and i think the listeners as well so i want to get into these quick hitter questions for you but before i get into that just want to find out is there anything that you think uh, i missed or anything that you want to add Well, you know, I always tell people an investment in your health always pays dividends Mm -hmm. because you're investing in yourself. Never stop investing in yourself. Fifty percent of people don't read a single book after high school. Mm -hmm. That's just sad that that's just tragic. You are your best asset. People don't realize that we all have over a million dollars in assets. It's ourselves. It's our bodies. That's how much, you know, if you scientifically broke us down how much we're in our individual parts are worth, but we're worth more, much more than that collectively. It's an infinite amount of worth if you continue to expand your mind and work on yourself. So that's that's what I, I tell people that you are worth it. You are worth the investment. Always, always, always try to be the best version of yourself you can possibly be. 
That's good advice. Good sound advice. All right. You ready for these quick hitter questions to get to know you a little bit better? All right. So one, what's your favorite sports team? The University of Texas. Okay. Hook them horns. Yes, sir. All right. Uh, Two, favorite movie or show? Uh, Favorite show is Married with Children. Ah, yeah. Classic. Classic. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Favorite musical artist or group? Favorite musical art. I would probably say... Oh man, that's a, that's a tough question. Um, man, that's really hard to think. Say just <laughs> one, but uh, I would probably say Earth, Wind, and Fire because that's what my parents nice. listened to a lot growing up. So uh, those songs remind me of my childhood. Yeah, I went to a concert, one of the best concerts I've ever been to. Mm-hmm. Favorite vacation spot? Cabo. I absolutely oh. love Cabo. It's an amazing spot. Mm-hmm. I have to agree. And favorite food or drink? Favorite drink is actually green tea. I love oh, yeah. green tea. I have to have yeah, one every morning. single day. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, before we go, is there any way that people can get in contact with you? And you mentioned your podcast. I think that's a, a great way for people to learn more about what you do and to help them, to help themselves. So can you want to talk about that, too, ways so they sure. can find it? Yep. So you can find me on all social media, Instagram um, and Twitter at DRHarrisMD. Also on Facebook, uh, my business name is Great Health and Wellness. And then my podcast is called Strive for Great Health. And you can find that on any of your preferred podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, also on YouTube. And it's it's a great holistic resource to get you started on your wellness journey. Right. Well, thanks a lot, Richard. It's been great. It's been very informative. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All right. No problem. All right. Have a good one. Thank you. God bless. Thank you, everyone. If you have any comments or questions or would like to be on the podcast, please reach out to me on Instagram at Rodolfo Cooper. Thank you. Bye.